0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Grab Some Pine Meat. It is a podcast about the San Francisco Giants by fans, for fans, just doing the best we can to talk about baseball in this crazy world. And I'm a firm believer that talking about baseball is good for the soul, specifically Giants baseball. And um, my name is Jesse, Jesse Flora. And I'm going to be here today. My brother usually is on here with me, but today it's just going to be me. And I'm going to be talking a lot about this offseason, heading into the 2021 season. Uh, but I'm also going to talk a little bit about, uh, recap just briefly a little bit about 2020, uh, what an interesting season that was. But it was actually a really, really fun one to watch as a fan Um But real quick, let me just explain real fast just our absence throughout the season. We recorded an episode and and posted an episode right before the season started in July. um, And then we just never got back to it. Uh, To say that our schedules were pretty crazy would be an understatement. Both my brother and I work full-time jobs, have families, um, and my brother owns a business as well. So our schedule's a little hectic. Right now, um, I, I have found some time where I can just get on here and talk about baseball. So that's what I'm going to do. And hopefully as the season comes around eventually, down in, in the spring, we will be able to have a consistent um, consistent, um Oh, what's the word? <laughs> I'm blanking right now. A consistency on um, on our podcast coming out maybe once or once a week or every other week throughout the season would be fantastic. No promises, but um, I just love talking about baseball. So when I have time, I'm gonna do it. Um, and I specifically love talking about Giants baseball. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get right into it and let's recap 2020, the short, abbreviated 60 game season. Um, that was a very <laughs> It was just strange. I mean, we, we can't get around the fact that it was just a strange season. It's been a strange year, to say the least, and the season was strange. I mean, that just from when we first heard they were going to postpone it, I was like, oh, they'll be back in April. It's fine. They'll miss a couple weeks and come back. And then and then we realized, oh, no, it's going to be a while. And then it was super frustrating as the the owners and the commissioner and his office, how, how unorganized that seemed. The players' union coming up with a deal. I'm like, come on, just play Baseball, we need baseball right now. That was that was just um, a frustrating process. But once this once the season finally started going, which it, um, the Giants played uh, their first game, I believe on July twenty third, the day before my birthday, um, and I was very excited. It was like a birthday gift that the Giants were back. Um, they started playing, and we'll just say the first half of the season was not great for the Giants. And Uh, My high hopes of them being a surprise team seem to be withering away step by step, game by game. Uh, And then it really all came to a head when they went through that stretch against the A's when they had the lead in almost all the... I think two of the three games they had the lead and then they uh, Trevor Gott gave up home runs to to lose the game. And then I think they got crushed by the A's that third game. And then they went and lost in a walk-off fashion again to the Angels. And I just... They were eight and sitting at eight and sixteen, and and I was just thinking, oh no, <laughs> my whole thing about them being a surprise team had gone down the toilet. But guys, they turned it around. The fact that they went from eight and sixteen to be able to be one game shy of the playoffs um, is a pretty big deal. And that second half of the year was extremely, extremely fun to watch as a fan. Um, the way they played, um, the way they pitched was incredible. They their pitching. The first half of the year was terrible. Their defense the first half of the year was terrible. Uh, Their pitching got it together a little bit towards the end of the year. They weren't perfect, um, but their bullpen improved tremendously. They went from probably the worst bullpen to actually, for a stretch of time, one of the best bullpens Uh, which gives me hope for the future Um, or we'll address the bullpen later I definitely think it has some major holes that needs to be fixed it's the biggest um, concern area for me and the Giants roster heading into 2021 but based on 2020 they got it together their starting pitching was here and there there was um, some really good moments from Kevin Gossman Uh, Drew Smiley when he was healthy looked very good Cueto up and down but he's Johnny Cueto I expect him to bounce back next year um, Tyler Anderson looked really good, especially in the second half of the season. Guys like Trevor Cahill. So some of their pitching moments were... Uh, pitchers, sorry, some of their pitchers were very good, um, you know, positives um, coming out of the season. Not not Collectively as a pitching group, not ideal. Um, but the, the real big positive coming from 2020 um, is their lineup. The Giants had one of the best hitting teams in baseball. For a stretch of time, they were the best hitting team in baseball. They... Um, were fantastic with the sticks now there were some positions that uh, were a little weaker at the the plate maybe third base Longoria wasn't excellent Uh, the catcher position Joey Bart definitely um, did not look quite ready yet for the big league level but what I want to do is I just want to go through some of the hitting stats just to show just to show you this kind of I did took time to do this and it kind of blew my mind a little bit I mean I knew they were a good hitting team but what I'm about to show you is like about four key categories um, in hitting stats. Uh, average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, and then OPS, which is um, on-base plus slugging. And then um, I think we'll, look, we'll even look at the home runs, see where they sat, home runs and RBIs and that kind of stuff. Kind of the, the numerical stats rather than the averages. So um, the Giants, um, if you look at um, 2020, their batting average, they finished fifth in the league hitting 263 now I know it was a 60 game season but everybody else played a 60 game season as well so they finished fifth the Mets were first with 272 then the Braves the Red Sox the Nationals so the Giants at 263 now let's find out where the Dodgers the World Series champions and that just absolutely makes me sick to my stomach to even utter those words but hey you know what Whatever, we'll get them next year. (laughs) The Dodgers, I mean, if they, I said this, you know, early on, if the Dodgers were to win a World Series sometime here in this stretch where they're really good, um, I would hope it would be 2020, a short season where forever everybody will be like, well, did you, you know, did you really earn it? Uh, I say that, but then if the Giants won it all, I would have been like, yeah, they won it all. You know, everybody else played 60 games too. So um, I just like saying that because it's the Dodgers. But Giants finished fifth with a 263 batting average, and the Dodgers finished 11th with a 256. That's the World Series champions. Houston Astros finished 20th with a 240. The Oakland A's had a terrible batting average season, hitting uh, in the 25th sp- uh, spot with a 225 batting average. Now they did a lot better in their on base. Uh, but the Giants, fifth in batting average with a 263. Um, let's move on to on base percentage, which is a big deal. Um, in modern baseball for sure. The Giants finished 7th with a 335 on-base percentage. That is fantastic. Behind uh, First was the Braves, Mets, Phillies, Yankees. Now that's where the Dodgers, they finished 5th. They excelled in on-base percentage. Um, and then the Nationals 6th, and then the Giants 7th. The Giants finished ahead of the Padres, ahead of the Angels, Red Sox, ahead of the runner-up team, the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, the A's were 15th in on-base percentage. Um, the Cincinnati Reds were 24th. Astros were 23rd giant backs were 22nd so the giants finishing seventh with a 335 on base percentage oh actually you know here's what i want to do i'm gonna go back to average and i'm gonna show you um the 2019 regular season where the giants so the giants and average finished fifth um in batting average in 2020 they finished 27th in 2019 with a 239 almost 30 percentage points lower they um were in a much much better hitting team this year. that is very positive. and then uh, they finished seventh and on base in 2020. let's see where they were in 2019. They were 28th in on base percentage in 2019 with a 304 on base percentage barely getting over the 300 and if you are sitting at 304 on base you are not getting on base enough as a team. So let's move back to 2020 now um, and look at their slugging percentage. Slugging percentage is basically total bases, okay? So, um, really, if they have a, if there's a high slugging percentage, that means that your team is getting a lot of extra base hits, maybe hitting a good amount of home runs. Um, the higher the slugging percentage, the more extra base hits your team or an individual is getting. So, the lower, that means you're just hitting little singles or you're not hitting at all. Um, so, in 2020, the Giants finished sixth. Again, we had the fifth in average, seventh in on base, sixth in slugging percentage with the four... 51 slugging percentage that is a big deal that's because they hit 107 doubles in 60 games last year they hit 14 triples which puts them um second in the league in triples um where were they in doubles they were fourth in doubles um and then in home runs you know they're the giants but they finished 12th in home runs 12th in home runs that's a big deal let's see where they were in 2019 they were 26th in home runs so they finished 12th in home runs last year um, and really high up in doubles and triples, and that is why their slugging percentage puts them at sixth with a 451. Let's see what their slugging percentage was back in 2019. It was all the way down in 28th place with a 392 slugging percentage. What, um, what an improvement over one year. Um, very, very impressive. Okay, now let's go to the stat, the uh, OPS. OPS is basic, It's on base plus slugging. Percentage. So it takes how many times you get on base, plus your slugging percentage, which is total bases. Um, so to me, OPS is a, is a fantastic um, indicator of where your team's at hitting-wise. Hitting if you have a high OPS, you have a good hitting team. If you have a low OPS, you have a bad hitting team or a offensively weak team. And the Giants finished in OPS sixth with a 785 OPS. That is... Um, four percentage points below the New York Yankees. Um, so the Braves were first, the Dodgers were second, um, because the Dodgers' slugging percentage is ridiculous. The Mets were third, the Padres were fourth, the Yankees were fifth. Behind the Giants are the Phillies, White Sox, Red Sox, Nationals, Blue Jays, Angels, Rays, the A's with all their power all the way down in 17th place with a seven eighteen, the Reds. So the Giants finished sixth at OPS, to, which to me tells me they were the sixth best offensive team in baseball and if you are the sixth best offensive team in baseball you should make the playoffs but we see why they didn't was because of their fielding in the first half of the season as well as their pitching um, was a little inconsistent that is why they missed the playoffs if they would have had some better pitching some cleaner defense at the beginning of the season I believe they would have been a playoff team last year because if your offense is sixth in the league that is a great uh, great opportunity to be a very good team and make Um, the playoffs. So let's look at the OPS from 2019, though. So uh, Based on the OPS, if we're going to use that as our uh, deciding factor, the Giants were the 6th best hitting team. Now, there are so many other factors to go into play um, and whatnot, but uh, I really believe in the OPS stat. On base plus slugging is a big deal to me. Um, Okay, so they finished 6th in 2020. Where were they um, in 2019? 28th with a 696 OPS. They were 20. Eighth. To me, that tells me they were the 28th best um, offensive team, which they were the third worst offensive um, team in baseball in 2019. And honestly, we were used to that for a few years. That's where they were. That's where they're at. Actually, one more category that I want to look at is run scored. Let's see where the Giants land. See, they finished 8th and run scored in 2020. That's a big deal. Um, let's see where they were in 2019. They finished all the way down at 28th and run scored. So, um, needless to say, I think the stats speak for themselves. The Giants were a very good offensive team last year, and it was exciting to watch. Um, <clears throat> specifically guys like Mikey Stremski. Um The fact that he honestly was an MVP candidate for most of the season... I uh, went through a little bit of a slump towards the end of the year, but he was an MVP candidate for most of the season. Just oh, fantastic. Dickerson got off to a slow start, but he heated up with the three home runs in Colorado. Um, you know, their their lineup was a lot deeper this year Uh, a resurgent seasons from Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt were very exciting and have my hopes up for 2021 not that those two are going to be pieces in the future uh, but I think if they don't trade one of them or both of them they're going to be sticking around uh, for this season at least and um, if they if they do anything like they did in uh, 2020 if, if they're changes they made and adjustments they made continue to uh, result the way they did last year, um, they're going to have great years, and the Giants are going to be a good team offensively because of those guys. Um, Donovan Solano winning the Silver Slugger, that's a big deal. He's somebody that I had written off pretty early on, mostly because of his def- uh, defensive ability, and I just wanted, I would i would have rather see Wilmer in at second base, but Wilmer ended up, Flores ended up getting plenty of time all throughout. He was fantastic, Showed a lot of power. Super excited to see him next year um, in the lineup consistently. Dubon struggled at first, picked it up towards the end of the season. Um, Slater, man, I know it was a bummer. He could only really play DH towards the end of the year. Struggled with a lot of injuries, but Slater hit so well. The two home runs off Kershaw was amazing. Um, so th- this offense had me excited every single night. I was eager to see the lineup. To see who's who's we're putting in there. And, and just watching every night, somebody did something with the bat, um, and that that was just a ton, they were just a f- t- fun team to watch, and, and that's all I wanted. In 2020, in a, in a year where everything got shut down, things got turned around upside down, um, I just wanted to watch a fun baseball team, and the Giants were that, they were a fun team, they were in contention, um, all the way to the end Uh, except for that one stretch where they're 8 and 16 but then they got it together. It was just a fun season so I'm going to stop talking about 2020. It was a fun year um, but I'm super excited to move into uh, 2021. Now uh, as I talk about 2021 I want to just make this clear that I'm going to talk about it as if the season's going to happen as normal. 162 games with the spring train, a full spring training, uh, minor league season's going to happen now, that, that, none of that's a guarantee. Hopefully that happens. Um, again, I don't know if fans are going to be allowed, how many fans are allowed. Uh, we're not going to worry about that. I'm going to go into this uh, because as of now, I believe the plan is to run a full season with a full minor league season with the full spring training. And that's how I'm going to talk about it. And if things change, we'll change the way we talk about it. So um, 2021, um, I'm not going to necessarily predict the roster today. I'll save that for when we get closer to spring training like who's going to make the team and whatnot Uh, but I'm going to talk about some options I'm actually going to talk about three free agent signings I want the Giants to make um, not predicting that they'll make because if I tried to predict that um, it's not it's not going to happen (laughs) okay it's impossible to predict what Farhan's going to do he already made a signing that I hadn't was not on my radar at all um, of a third baseman that we'll talk about in a little bit but there are three guys that I want the Giants to sign there are other free agents that I think are possi- possible fits, especially in the starting position area that we're going to talk about. Uh, but we're going to kind of break down each position and where, where the Giants are at this year heading into um, 2021. So let's get into it. Let's start. I'm just going to go position by position, talk about who I think is going to make the team, who, uh, who I think is going to have a good year, how things are going to uh, fall into place. So let's start with the catcher position. Uh, I'm super excited to see Buster Posey back um, on the field. Uh, rightfully so he took the year off last year because of family needs uh, but he is going to be back he's going to be fully rested uh, he's had a long time now to recover from his hip uh, surgery and his uh, he's had time to heal and I'm super excited to see him get um, work in with the same coaches and the same programs and the same systems or tools that they used to make an impact on Brandon Bell and um and Brandon Crawford swings. And I'm curious to see if we see something happen with Buster Posey. Now, Buster Posey is a good hitter still, he. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see if he makes some tweaks, if he's going to hit with more power, if he's going to drive the ball more to the gap, you know, pull the ball a little bit more, uh, hit with a little bit more authority. I think a lot of times with his hip injury towards the end, uh, last couple seasons, it's been, it's been frustrating as a huge Buster Posey fan. To watch him kind of just reach out there and flick it, flick his wrist and, and and hit a little dinker to the right fielder, or you know he'll hit a bloop single. It was very rare to see him drive the ball like he used to. So I think I think what we're going to see out of Buster Posey is a healthy, rested, um, motivated um, person, uh, player, and he's gonna, I think he's going to have a fantastic. Season, I think at the catcher position, he's going to get about 110, 115 games, maybe 120 if he's doing well and he's healthy, um, uh, at least a catcher. I think he'll probably play a handful of games at first. So I think Posey finishes around 120, 130 total games. I, I That's my prediction. I would love it to be around 140. But if Brandon Belt's playing well, there's no need to move him around so much, especially with Wilmer Flores. Uh, who can play first base, it's not like you need Buster Posey to act as a platoon for Brandon Belt. Because you have Wilmer Flores, who's a fantastic right-handed first baseman, hits lefties very well, so he'll get plenty of time when Belt's sitting. It's going to be Wilmer Flores most most of the time, um, but I do think Posey gets some time at first. But because of Belt and Flores taking up first base, I would really like to see Posey more around the 120-125 um, games caught, <clears throat> but I think at this point in his career, it's more realistic that he's going to be around 110, uh, 115 area. Uh, I hope it's more. Now about the backup, uh, the fan in me would like to see Joey Bart at the major league level. I mean, last year he came up and I was very excited. He he wasn't quite ready defensively. He definitely wasn't quite ready, and then offensively he struggled. Hit the ball hard a few times, but he struggled for the most part offensively. So what I think what I think um, the wise thing would to do would be. Um, I think, I think it would be wise for them to start him in AAA and um, give him a couple months to get him get his swing down, get him ready to go, and then and then possibly bring him up. Um, or even give him a full season down there. I know the negatives of that would be uh, it could be demoralizing for someone who was in the bigs last year to say, hey, you're going to spend the time in AAA. Uh, but he just wasn't ready. And with Buster Posey coming back, do you really want your number two, number one prospect sitting on the bench? Um, yes, he's going to learn behind Posey. Yes, he'll probably, if he sits behind Posey, get 40, 45 games at the catcher. Um, but if there's a full A season, like I hope there's going to be, uh, he can get much more at-bats um, down there. And that might actually be better for his uh, career. So that means who's going to back him up? Uh, who's going to back Buster Posey up if, if Joey Bart's in A? Well, a name like Aramis Garcia, who probably would have been the backup if it wasn't for injuries. Um, he's a name that I've always liked the fact that when he has come up, he's shown power uh, out of the catcher position. He's got a lot more experience at the catcher position. Um, I think he's probably at a better place defensively than Joey Bart is right now. Uh, Joey Bart's got a cannon of an arm, but I think Garcia could find his way as the backup. Um, um, as well as Chadwick Trump. Chadwick Trump showed, um, at least offensively, a really good sign, some power, especially for a 5'8 guy. Uh, defensively, you know, he missed him. He had a lot of pass balls, and I know uh, I know uh, Kruko was a little frustrated sometimes with Chadwick Tromp, and his framing wasn't excellent. So um, I don't know. I I and then I mean, there's Tyler Heineman as well, um, but I don't see Tyler Heineman. The only <clears throat> the only reason I think they would have Tyler Heineman on their uh, roster backing up Buster Posey is because of his left-handed bat. I believe he's a switch hitter, so he can hit left-handed. Um, So it gives you that option off the bench. But I don't think they're as worried about that with the catcher position. So I I will predict... I said I wasn't going to do this, but I will predict that Aramis Garcia will be backing up Buster Posey, um, and if not him, I think it will be Chadwick Trump. Unless you know they could go out and sign a veteran catcher. I don't think they need to. Um, I think that would that would be kind of pointless, especially if Garcia is healthy and you have Chadwick Trump as well. I don't think you need to go out and sign another veteran. Um, okay, let's move over to first base. Brandon Belt had a phenomenal year. Phenomenal year last year in 2020. Really showed some incredible signs. Got has has got has me really excited. I've always liked Brandon Belt. I've, for the most part, been on the, so- the positive side of the Brandon Belt wars, as they call it, of either he's great or he sucks. My brother tended to you know, lean towards get rid of him. Um, I view him now as a potential to, if because of what he did last year, if he's tearing it up this year, I would be totally fine if the Giants traded him um, when his stock is high. I would not be surprised if they trade him um, right now. I don't think they're going to. I think they really value Brandon Belt, and I think they will have him in their lineup at first base. Um, because I genuinely think they think this team can make the playoffs, um, even though they're not quite at, you know, I think 2022, 2023 is, you know, their goal for World Series runs. Um, but I think right now in 2021, they believe, you know, Farhan in the front office think this is a playoff team, and Brandon Belt um, can play a big role in that, especially if he hits the way he did last year. But I would not be surprised if they trade him, uh, because he's not going to be a part of the future. He's not going to be here long term. He's, he's getting up there in age and he's had a lot of injury issues, and you could have, um, you can if you trade him at the right time, you could possibly get some good pieces. His contract's a little heavy, so I don't know if teams would bite, but if they need a first baseman who hit well last year, and if he's hitting well this year, you could see him be traded possibly by the trade deadline this year. But Brandon Belt will be the first baseman. And then I think you'll, uh, he'll be paired up with Wilmer Flores. Um, not, 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 not exactly backing him up. I think there's a few guys on here. Wilmer Flores, Donovan Solano, and Mauricio Dubon who are going to move around a lot. So Wilmer Flores I think is going to get a lot of games at first base. I think he's going to get a lot of games at second base. I even think he'll get some games over at third potentially. Uh, probably not short. But Wilmer Flores is going to play a lot, a lot of games. So uh, I'm really excited about Wilmer Flores. I think he should be in the lineup consistently. When he was in the lineup last year, he made a big impact uh, all, with the power. His power bat was fantastic. His power swing was was consistent. He went through a stretch where he was every time up to up to bat, he was hitting the ball extremely hard. He was, um, you know, I, think, I can't remember. He went through a stretch. Where I think he, had, I think he hit. Um, a home run in three straight games I could be wrong about that or it was um sorry I'm trying to look up his stats but my computer's acting up um not no I don't I don't know if it was three straight games where he had a home run but it was a, a stretch of time where his power was just fantastic I mean and let's see how many games he played 55 games and he had 12 home runs that's that's some serious power in 55 games 12 home runs uh, for someone who's not known for being this incredible power hitter, but the guy in 2017 had 336 at bats and he had 18 home runs. If he gets a full season, he he could hit 30 home runs. But I don't. I, I think next year you give him about 400 at bats, probably uh, 350 to 400, and he'll he could hit you 15 to 20 home runs. Um, but he hit 268 with 315 on base. His slugging was 515. He's a career 750 OPS hitter. Uh, Wilmer Flores should be in your lineup. He's a fantastic hitter. He's very—he's a very clutch hitter, as well. So um, he'll find a way, whether it's at first base when belt sitting or at second base. If you know they move people around, um, the challenge is, is then at second base. You know you got a guy like Donovan Solano. Uh, before we move into second base and talk about Solano, I want to talk about the other options they have at first base and and someone who I don't think is going to make this team especially now that the Giants have made a a signing that we're going to talk about a little bit but that's Darren Ruff Uh, Darren Ruff is an option at first base he has a lot of power and he's an intriguing bat um, but his defense really hinders him he he's also listed under my you know depth chart at left field as well Uh, if he makes this team you'll see him back up at first base you'll see him back up in left field I don't think he'll get a ton of playing time I think he'll be that power bat off the bench if he makes the team um, but I, I, I just right now to me I think it's um, it's not looking ideal for him at first base another name that could play first base is Austin Slater he's another utility guy and he's another reason why I think Darren Ruff should be a little worried right now about making this team is because Austin Slater had a fantastic season last year when he was healthy okay second base Donovan Solano won the silver slugger award um, I was really early on in the year I was I was not I was I was frustrated with Solano. I didn't really understand why he was in the lineup um, because his defense was so bad at the beginning of the year, and I just didn't see the upside of his bat. I thought oh, he's not a power hitter. Um, this can't, you know, his his high average can't be consistent. Uh, but man, he proves me wrong. <clears throat> he absolutely proved me wrong and had a fantastic year. Won the Silver Slugger. For a while there, he was making a run at the, the batting champ, and um, I'm really excited to see what he does this year. Now, I think he's going to share time with Flores at second base, um, but I do think Solano plays a lot of games. I think he'll get some games, possibly at shortstop, handful handful of games, possibly at third base. I mean, it all depends on health. Somebody's going to get hurt, and so these guys are going to have to fill in in certain areas, but I think Solano's going to get a lot of playing time um, as well as Flores. Flores will split most of his time between first and second. Um, Another name that can play second that will move around the diamond a lot, I think, um, is Mauricio Dubon. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about him, too, because there's a signing in the outfield that I want the Giants to make that would possibly change Dubon's uh, role a little bit. But Mauricio Dubon will get some time at second base. Austin Slater is another name that can play second base. See, this uh, front office really values versatility, and Austin Slater is an individual who can be versatile. So he could get some time at second base as well. So let's move to shortstop. Um, I mean, I know based on the numbers of baseball, uh, shortstop is six, third base is 5. But we're just going to move to shortstop, then we'll go to third and then into the outfield. Uh, Brandon Crawford had a great year last year. Brandon Crawford's another one that I could see them trading at the deadline this year if he's having a good year. Um, But he, at least at the beginning of the year, I believe he's going to be their starting shortstop. And if he hits like he did last year, fantastic. His fielding was a lot better last year than it was the year before. And even in 2018, his fielding definitely took a hit those two years. But he improved last year. Um, And his bat just looked good. He hit with more power. He hit with more authority. He was more of a threat. He was another one of those guys that... 2017, 2018, it was just roll over, roll over, roll over, grounder to second, grounder to first, grounder to the pitcher, pop fly. You know, he just no power, no authority, hitting the end of the bat, seemed like every single at-bat. This year, that was a different story. Once he got settled in, he was, he was driving the ball with power, with authority. He was a threat in the lineup, um, and he was very good on, in the field, too. So um, I'm very excited about Brandon Crawford. I think um, as a lefty, you'll see him at short most of the time, uh, but then I think Mauricio Dubon, if you think about it, Mauricio Dubon is probably the only other guy in this team that can play a good shortstop. Donovan Solano cannot be trusted at short. I think he will get a few games at short, but not a lot. Wilmer Flores doesn't have the range at short. Um, he'll get he'll probably get more games than Solano at short if there's a need. But I think Dubon will need to play shortstop quite a bit when Brandon Crawford is sitting, and that is why um, they need to sign an outfielder, another person to play center field, because you're going to need Dubon to to. Not necessarily platoon at short, but get a lot of games at shortstop. Um, And that's why they need to sign another outfielder. And I will tell you in a little bit who that outfielder should be, in my opinion. But Dubon will get a lot of time at shortstop when Brandon Crawford is not playing. He's the only other guy on this roster, in my opinion, that can handle shortstop. Um, Again, Solano Flores might get some time. Okay, third base, Evan Longoria. Now here's the thing. Some people think Evan Longoria needs to be platooned for. Um, I, I, I completely disagree. I completely disagree with that. I do not think the Giants need a platoon piece for Evan Longoria. Here's the thing. As a right-handed hitter, if you are being platooned for, you are getting less at-bats than the left-handed um, version of the third baseman. Because most pitchers are right-handed pitchers. It is more rare to face lefties. So Evan Longoria, isn't to me, is not the second piece of a platoon. He's much better than that. He's a much more threat. He is a name that is in the lineup when an opposing pitcher sees the lineup that he recognizes and and knows is a power threat. And he's a pretty good fielding third baseman. He's definitely not what he was. So here's the thing. The Giants have made a signing. They signed Jason Vossler. Let me pull up his stats from from minor leagues. But Jason Vossler is um, a high high potential um, left-handed hitting third baseman. Now, the Giants signed him, and I guarantee you they did not sign him thinking, He's going to be our platoon for Evan Longoria, which translation, if that was the case, would mean that he would be the main third baseman because he'd be facing righties most often. Now, Evan Longoria will be in the lineup most of the time. The Giants have signed Jason Vossler to back him up. They wanted a left handed backup third baseman who can possibly also play elsewhere in the infield. Okay, but he is, they needed a backup third baseman for Evan Longoria and they wanted it to be a left-handed bat they do not and I do not think they intend to uh, platoon for Evan Longoria Evan Longoria I think does will get most of the at bats from third base but Vosser will find himself some games against tough left uh, tough righties coming in um, or when he needs a break boom they have a left-handed bat option I think it's very good for their depth I think it's something that's needed that 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 side of the infield has is is really it It was Evan Longoria and Brandon Crawford, and then the backups behind them, fielding wise, really weren't there. And so I think bringing in Vossler and then signing this outfielder I want to talk about, giving Dubon more opportunity to back up Crawford at short, that gives you more depth defensively on that side of the infield. So Vossler um, in Triple A last year, El Paso um, in the PCL, sorry, in 2019, there was no Triple A last year, but in 2019, he hit 291 batting average with three. 67 on base percentage and a 523 slugging. His OPS was 890, almost hit 900 OPS. Uh, he hit 20 home runs in um, 375 at-bats, 20 home runs, 63 RBIs. Uh, he has hit, uh, in 2018, he hit 23 home runs and 471 at-bats. In 2017, he hit 21 home runs. So this guy has some power, which is exciting. To have a left-handed third baseman off the bench with some power—that I'm, I'm excited. Yes, he's only played in the minor leagues, but um, so did Mike Yastrzemski. Uh, that's the thing about Farhan that really uh, I really value is the fact that he is aggressive in finding guys that nobody knows about that have potential to um, be real impact players. Now, yes, he's going to fail sometimes in those signings. Think. Connor, Joe, okay, <laughs> some of those guys that he, you know, his his, you know, wanting to be his potential Mac, Max Muncie um, are not going to come through. But Mikey Ustremski did. All of a sudden, they signed Mikey Ustremski, some no name that's been sitting in. I mean, I guess it's not a no name. His dad's Carl Ustremski, but a player that's been sitting in the minor leagues for years, and all of a sudden now they have an MVP candidate, one of the best players in the league, in my opinion. Um, so who knows? I like this signing. I think it adds uh, initially adds to the depth, and maybe he he pans out. He's had some good numbers in minor leagues, so I'm excited to see him. I think he makes this team. Yes, they gave him a major league contract. To me, yeah, maybe that was an effort to outbid other teams, uh, but to me it tells me their plan is to have him back up Evan Longoria, not platoon. I mean, if he outplays Longoria, then things change. But at least the start, I do not think they're intending to platoon Jason Vossler with Evan Longoria, which would mean Longoria would get less at bats. That's not going to happen. So moving on uh, from third base, let's move into the outfield. Let's look at left field, okay? Alex Dickerson. Now this left field is where you will see a platoon, in my opinion. You will see um, a platoon in left field with Alex Dickerson and Austin Slater. That's my opinion. Um, Dickerson... Struggled at first, but then he went off in the second half of the season. And as a left-handed, he's just a threat up there. He hit 298 last year, 10 home runs, um, and 27 RBIs in 52 games. That is a fantastic 52-game season. Now, if you combine 2019, uh, I'm not going to do the math in my head for everything right now, but in 2019, he played 56 games, and he hit 290 with a 351 on base and a 529 slugging and he hit six home runs of 26 RBIs. So if you combine those, that's like 100, what, 108 games, he would have 16 home runs, 50-plus RBIs. Um, he'd be hitting like 295 with a 360 on base and like a 545 slugging. Um, that's a pretty good size uh, sample size. That'd be about 300 at-bats right there. And that's about what you'd probably expect him to get. He'd be the left-handed version in that platoon, so he'll get more playing time than Austin Slater would, which is fine because I think they plan on moving Austin Slater around here and there as long as he's healthy. Um, so Dickerson would need to take more of the load, but also because of Dickerson having a track record of injury, you only probably want him to hit 350 times, come up to bat, uh, have 350 at bats. Um, but that that sample size right there of 2019 and 2020. Um, shows you a very productive left fielder yes his defense is not ideal um he kind of looks awkward out there but I don't think he's a liability I don't think he's this player like when you throw Brandon Belt in left field like they did a few years ago that's a liability I don't think Alex Dickerson is a liability I think he's an okay defender um he's got an okay arm but the, the upside of the bat is really intriguing so he will be your left-handed version of the platoon and I really think Austin Slater will be your uh, right-handed version of the platoon but Austin Slater could also find at bats in right field when they need to set Yastrzemski he can also find at bats at first base if they need a first baseman um, which is a much lower chance there even at second base as well uh, but Austin Slater will be your right-handed and, and, and that's the thing then where do you put Darren Ruff? See, Darren Ruff maybe outworks Austin Slater. Austin Slater isn't healthy, then Darren Ruff becomes that right-handed platoon for Dickerson, but then Ruff is not that great of a defender either, so I feel like Slater gives you more versatility. Ruff is kind of stuck to left field and first base, Um, so he doesn't have the... Austin Slater definitely has the advantage there with versatility. So I think there's a battle between Slater and Ruff for that uh, right-handed bat of the platoon in left field. Um, I don't think they're planning on (laughs) getting anybody with a great defensive ability out in left. So um, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, even if it is Darren Ruff, that's a good power option from the right side. So left field's looking good for me, at least power-wise. Let's move into center field. And this is where I'm going to tell you our first of three free agent signings that I want the Giants to make this year. Okay, two of them are pitchers. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But the first one I want to talk about is I... I think he's a fantastic fit, and actually I think the Giants have been wanting him to be a fit for a long time now. Um, and I think, I actually this is my one of the three that I think has the best chance of it actually happening. I think the Giants should go out and sign Jackie Bradley Jr. Okay, Jackie Bradley Jr. is not a superstar, but he is a left-handed hitting, very good defending center fielder, who actually has had a lot of power surges in his career and had a very good hitting year in 55 games last year. Okay, here's the thing, Mauricio Dubon, um, I think, calls for a platoon in center field. Um, he actually did pretty good defensively in center field, and his bat came around pretty well last year, but I think they need a platoon for a couple reasons. One, because I think I don't think Dubon is demanding everyday you know, status. Um, I do think he'll get a lot of playing time, but two is what I talked about earlier. I think it is so important that you have a right-handed option at shortstop, someone who can defend well at shortstop, and that is Dubon. By signing Jackie Bradley Jr., you give Dub- you give you give Gabe Kapler Kapler the flexibility to sit a Brandon Crawford and put a right-handed hitting Mauricio Dubon in at shortstop, who can handle that position. You're not forcing Kapler to throw a Donovan Solano at shortstop, and you're not forcing Kapler to say, "Okay, we're going to sit Crawford. Let's move Dubon to short. And let's move Yastrzemski to center field." Now Yastrzemski's you know, a great, I think a good right fielder. I don't think he's he's meant for center field. I think Dubon is a better defending center fielder. But if you sign Jackie Bradley, Jr, now all of a sudden you have a platoon piece in center field. Um, you can throw Jackie Bradley uh, into center field. You can leave Yastrzemski in right. And you can throw in Mauricio Dubon when you need to sit Crawford at shortstop. And he can handle, he's not as good of a defender as, as Crawford. and I, He's not a great defender um, at shortstop, but he can handle that position much, much better than a Donovan Solano or a Wilmer Flores. So I think this signing of Jackie Bradley Jr. could open a lot of doors. Um, and I, I think it could really complete the depth that you have in your offense. So Dubon last year, who I think should be the right-handed bat in the platoon, uh, played 54 games. He had 157 at-bats. He hit 274, four home runs, 19 RBIs. Uh, I think a full season, I think he gets a he almost plays, to me, he probably plays 140-plus games with how many times he'll play it short and center. Um, I think he plays, uh, yeah, 130, 140 games. And I think he could hit 15 home runs. I think he hits around 270. I think that's the kind of player he's going to be. Um, he, he's He's twitchy. He's... He, he plays the game with a ton of energy. He's someone you want on your team, someone you want in your lineup. He can be a threat. He can run decently well. So I think Dubon's going to get a lot of playing time. He's a very exciting player for me for the Giants' future. I think he'll be a part of the Giants' future for a long time. Uh, but I definitely think the signing of Jackie Bradley Jr. almost, to me, completes this lineup. I know it sounds cheesy or dumb that someone like that who's not this great superstar or whatever or power hitter completes his lineup. But I think he's exactly what this lineup needs. A lineup that was, like I said, sixth in baseball last year doesn't need a superstar to come in. They need a role player who can provide more depth for the manager to make more um, accurate decisions and platoons and and set people up with the right pitchers um, at the right time. So, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., 55 games last year, he hit 283 batting average with a 364 on base percentage. That's a very high on base, a 450 slugging. His OPS was 814. In 55 games, he hit seven home runs with 22 RBIs. Now, the year before, his average and everything else was a lot lower. His on-base was was still 317. His slugging was still 421 in 2019. He hit 21 home runs, 62 RBIs, but he only hit 225. 2018, he hit 234 with a 314 on-base, a 403 slugging, only 13 home runs with 59 RBIs. Now, uh, in 2017, he hit 17 home runs, 63 RBIs, 245 batting average, 323 on-base, Um, In 2016, at 26 home runs, that's his most power um, that he's shown. He played almost a full season, 156 games there, 87 RBIs, 267 batting average, 349 on base, 486 slugging. So uh, high end, if you get him and he plays at a high level, I think you see him hit around 270 with about 333 to 350 on base, with around a 450 slugging, with... um, 20 to 25 home runs, 60 to 75 RBI range, and he plays a great center field. Um, that's if you played him a full season. I think I think you can get him for an affordable price, and I think he can complete this lineup and the depth of this offense, and I would be very excited if they signed him. No, he's not a superstar, but he is a quality center fielder who has some power, who has some good upside um, at the plate. Yes, he definitely has downside. He could hit 220 or 230, um, but consistently in the seasons where he's done that his on base has remained in the three uh around 315 320 range even when he's hitting poorly he's still getting on base at a decent clip he's a career 732 o- ops and that is not bad that is pretty good so i'd like them to sign jackie bradley jr i'm not going to make a guess at how long how much I, d- I don't know that stuff um the giants do have money to spend though and i think he's an affordable player and then i think behind you know those two if you need to throw you in center field You can. Speaking of Yastrzemski, let's move to right field. Yastrzemski is an everyday player on this team. Yastrzemski should play at least 155 games if he's healthy. Preferably, he should play 162 games. Mike Yastrzemski is an everyday player. If he gets a full season, if he gets a full season and he plays at the clip he's been playing at, he's going to hit 30 plus home runs. He's going to be a top five MVP candidate. Mike Yastrzemski should be in this lineup every single day. He's your star. He's your guy. Him and Buster Posey are your guys that are that should be very consistent. Okay. I know Posey coming back from you know a long stretch out of the game. It should it will be a little different. But Mikey Stromsky, you need him in your lineup. He's he does not have a platoon. He has Austin Slater backing him up at right field. If you need Austin Slater to come into right field. Or you could always you know call up a Steven Duggar if there's health issues or something like that. But Mikey Stromsky in the lineup every day. We don't need to talk about it more. Uh, there's some fringe uh, position players that I think might, um, probably are going to miss out on this roster, and those are, but they're interesting to talk about, that could find their way up throughout the season. Daniel Robertson, um, a <clears throat> middle infielder. Luis Basabe, an outfielder, who they uh, got last year, uh, He's he's got potential to find his way on this roster throughout the season. Jalen Davis, I, I think he's going to be one of those like John Bowker guys that just never pans out. So much power in the minor leagues, and then nothing happens, so... Um, but apparently he can play center field, so who knows? We may see Jalen Davis, Steven Duggar. I think will will be that up and down guy. I think if there's health uh, issues in the outfield, they're going to pull up a Steven Duggar because of his defensive ability. And and Stephen Duggar, you, what you see is what you get. Uh, he's going to be that guy for his whole career. All right. Um, I don't think there's going to be. I don't think there's a ton of upside offensively with him. And I don't think there's a ton of downside. You know, I think he's just going to be that guy that he's been. Uh, And I think he'll find his way into 20 games this year, um, depending on health and everything like that. So those are some fringe position players. I might have missed some if I did. I apologize. Uh, Let's quickly move into the pitching. It's going to be a long episode. I just can't stop talking about baseball. I love it so much. All right, let's go into pitching. Here's uh, I'm going to reveal two uh, free agent signings in a little bit. But before I do that, I want to talk about um, four re-signs that the Giants need to make in their pitching and one of them they have kevin gosman was number one on my list of who they needed to get back next year and they did he has agreed to the qualifying offer of one year i believe it's 18 point something million quite a high number um but he was their best pitcher last year in my opinion his stuff was filthy he he will be a solid pitcher in your rotation this year i'm very glad they re-signed him the second guy that i want them to re-sign is drew smiley Yes, he had some health issues last year, but when he was healthy, he was fantastic. I think Gosman and Smiley are key pieces if you want to make the playoffs, if you want your rotation to be solid. They aren't risky signs because they are proven veterans who have been consistently solid in the middle of the rotation throughout their career. Kevin Gosman was a first-round draft pick years ago. He's shown great ability in the bullpen. I think he has the ability to be a solid number two, number three starter, and then who knows? He's got the stuff to be a number one, so we'll see what happens with Kevin Gosman this year. I'm very excited, but I do think they need to pair that up with the lefty, Drew Smiley. Um, And then another lefty that I really need them to want them to resign. Yes, he's getting old, um, but you need him in your bullpen. He's a consistent veteran that has been solid from the left side, and that's Tony Watson. Uh, I really think the Giants need his veteran presence in the bullpen, his lefty arm. Actually, the Giants have a lot of lefties next year. Um which is going to push out a couple lefties who aren't going to make the team because of that. But I think they need to re-sign Tony Watson for late-inning lefty work. Uh, And then lastly, for a long relief, in this league, in this day and age, you need a good long relief pitcher. And I would love for the Giants to re-sign Trevor Cahill. Yes, um, maybe Logan Webb or Connor Menez or Andrew Suarez or Tyler Beattie, if he's healthy, can come fill that role. Um but I would like them to give Trevor Cahill a shot at it. Trevor Cahill looked very good last year for me um, in the Giants uniform out of that role. He started some games as well. I would love to see Cahill in that long reliever role. That would be great in my opinion. Okay. Those are the four key re-signings, and the Giants have done one of them so far. I'd like to see the next three as well. Um, So I'm going to operate with my expectations next year that they do make those re-signings. I could be completely wrong, and so I'll talk about alternate options. But uh, your rotation, I think you got Johnny Cueto up front. Yes, he didn't look great last year. Actually, Kevin Gosman might be your best pitcher, so maybe Gosman finishes starts the year at the number one spot, but I think I think Cueto will be the number one because uh, he's Johnny Cueto. So, um, and then I think I'm going to go right-left here. Kevin Gosman's a better pitcher than Drew Smiley, but I think Drew Smiley sits into the second role because of his lefty option. Um, and then you go Kevin Gosman uh, third. And then here's my second uh, free agent signing that I want to talk about. Uh, and there's more options here. There's a lot of starting pitching off, uh, options out there um, that the Giants can mess around with, but I would like the Giants to sign the lefty, James Paxton. James Paxton has been a phenomenal pitcher for most of his career. He had issues with the Yankees. He had uh, injury issues with the Yankees. He's someone that I think you can sign on a one-year deal for cheap to have a bounce back year in your uniform and make a big difference. There's other names up, uh, out there as well. Jose Quintana, uh, Rick Porcello's available. Uh, you've got a guy who uh, another injury guy in um, Corey Kluber is available. I don't know, I mean, Taiwan Walker is available as well, so I could see them signing any of these guys. There's just, a, there's a lot of potential guys they could that they could sign. Um, <clears throat> but in my opinion, I want them to go out and get James Paxton, because I think the upside of a James Paxton year your rotation in San Francisco in a hitter's ball, I mean, sorry, a pitcher's ballpark, I think James Paxton can have a phenomenal year with the Giants. He could even become like what they did with Drew Pomeranz, a trade uh, possibility, a gem to throw out there. Hey, let's get some good prospects at the trade deadline. But he can also, I think, really complete your rotation and push you over. Oh, sorry, another key re-signing is my fifth starter that I I think they need to handle an arbitration. Uh, I don't think they need to tender him a contract. I think they can handle just an arbitration I think their fifth starter should be Tyler Anderson. Now, I've heard some of the Giants' reporters or some of the people on other podcasts say Tyler Anderson should not be your fifth starter, and my question would be, why not? Why not? What about Tyler Anderson is not a good fifth starter to you? Last year, in 11 starts, he had a he went four and three. I know win losses don't really matter anymore. Four and three with a 4.37 ERA. What about that as a bad fifth starter? 2018. He had 32 starts in Colorado with a 4.55 ERA. 2017, 15 starts in Colorado, 4.81. 2016, I know it's been a while now, 19 starts, 3.54. In Colorado, the fact that your ERA was not in the fives tells me you have done well. Tyler Anderson is a good fifth starter, and I hope he's a fifth starter on this team next year. Maybe if, if Tyler Beattie's healthy, he can fit into that. Maybe Logan Webb fits into that. Um, I just don't know I'm not I haven't bought in on Logan Webb yet he's shown some upside not quite there if it's not Tyler Anderson it's most likely Logan Webb possibly Tyler Beatty if he's healthy and he's showing good signs of return from his surgery um, but I, I would be a-okay with Tyler Anderson being your fifth starter okay let's talk about relievers now um, some fringe starting pitchers I just mentioned them are Tyler Beattie, um, Logan Webb, Connor Menez, Andrew Suarez you know Guys like that, not sure if they're going to make the team. Probably won't. Possibly if they don't make, if they don't sign Drew Smiley, then you're going to see probably Logan Webb on this roster. Um, if they don't re-sign Tyler Anderson, then you might see Logan Webb and Tyler Beebe, um, depending on Beebe's health. So we'll see what happens there. But if they sign uh, Gos... Well, they did sign Gosman. If they sign Smiley um, and they go out and get a free agent pitcher in like Paxton or somebody else and they re-sign Anderson, then I think your rotation's set right there. Um, okay, bullpen bullpen wise let's go um right here with uh trevor cahill as your long reliever that's what i want them to do um then i think you got you got a few lefties i'm gonna start with um i'm gonna kind of go in order of where i think people are going to land uh in, in in position in the game so you know your middle relievers are going to be a lefty harlan garcia was solid last year um oh this, there, this there's there's one right-handed pitching spot available in my opinion in the bullpen um, and it's between, it's between a few guys. It's between T- Trevor Gott, who, who had some rough patches last year. But I, I, I have not given up on Trevor Gott yet. Okay, He, he has shown some signs of being a quality relief pitcher. Rough, some rough go last year, so he might, may, not, may not find his way in the, in the bullpen. Um, it's between Trevor Gott, Rico Garcia, Sam Kunrod, and Sean Anderson. I think all those guys are fighting for one spot um, as long as the Giants re-sign. Um, Tony Watson, and I do think they're going to sign one relief pitching free agent, and I'm going to predict one in a little bit. So, because of that, I think all those guys are fighting for that one spot, um, at least on opening day, and I think they'll all find their way in. Okay, uh, Tyler Rogers, they're very high on Tyler Rogers. They love Tyler Rogers. He will be um, on this team as a righty. Another lefty that will make this team is Wandy Peralta. Wandy Peralta was fantastic last year, very excited about him being back this year. I, I, I'm not exactly sure. I think he's arbitration, so I think they'll handle that there. I'm not really sure exactly. Some of these guys might not be next, back next year. I can't. I don't have the knowledge of that right away. So I apologize if I'm wrong on that. So, um, Wandy Peralta will be your, another left-handed option. All right, and then now this, another right-handed pitcher who is coming back from an injury that I am so excited is coming back. He is possibly my favorite relief pitcher on this team, and that is Reyes Maranta. Reyes Maranta will be a late-inning relief pitcher for this team. Uh, he has closer potential. He's not going to be the closer because they're going to sign someone who can close. Reyes Maranta will be the right-handed um, late-inning pitch, uh, pitcher. With Tony Watson also, he will be the left-handed a late inning pitcher, you'll get those guys will either handle the seventh or the eighth most of the time, with Tyler Rogers getting mixed in there as well. Uh, but Reyes Maranta. His stuff is filthy. I am so excited to see him back on this team. So, Got Reyes Morante as a late-inning relief pitcher. Hopefully he comes back healthy and throwing junk, just like he was before his injury. Again, I'd mentioned Tony Watson. Re-sign Tony Watson. Come on, get that veteran lefty in the mix still. And here's the last signing. This is the most expensive signing, in my opinion. The Giants need a shutdown arm in the bullpen. Usually I'm not high on signing closers he hasn't been a closer most of his career so he could fit in in other roles but I think he would fit well in the ninth inning Um, and that is Liam Hendricks the Giants I think should go out and sign Liam Hendricks you're gonna have to spend the most money on him he has been filthy the last two years with a sub two ERA Um, he's been a closer the last two years has been very good for the A's um Liam Hendricks I think should be signed by the Giants and now if you look now looking at that with Liam Hendricks with Reyes Moranta coming back with re-signing Tony Watson all of a sudden this bullpen looks very good all of a sudden this bullpen which was probably your weakest spot on the team last year maybe your starting pitching all of a sudden your bullpen looks very good and your starting rotation looks pretty solid with the potential of being really good I think if they if they sign an upside starting pitcher and they re-sign some key pitchers and then they go out and sign a Liam Hendricks uh, caliber pitcher out of the pen and you get Reyes Maranta back into this pen, all of a sudden I think this rotation I mean rotation and bullpen is is pretty good, and now you couple that with your offense which will be solid. I think in 2021, we could see a very solid San Francisco Giants team. I do not think they will win the division. I think they will, um, pot- they, they will be able to make a run. With this roster, if they make the right moves in the offseason, they will be able to make a, a pretty solid run at the playoffs. And when you get in the playoffs, who knows what happens? Um, not, not out here saying the Giants are going to win the World Series or anything. But I think this team will be very competitive. You will have a top 10 offense. And I think if you make the right moves, you can have a top 10 pitching um, staff as well. Um, which is a recipe for a very good team and a recipe for a very fun season. So those are um, kind of the direction I I want the Giants to go. I think they can go in. Um, Some pitchers, relief pitchers, that may find their way into some games this year are Caleb Berger, Rico Garcia, Sam Selman, Sam Coonrod, and Sean Anderson. I mean, there's more as well that I probably left off this list. But I think with re-signing Tony Watson, all of a sudden Berger, Probably loses his spot because you already have Harlan Garcia, you have Wandi Peralta, and Tony Watson. You don't need a fourth lefty out of that pen, in my opinion. Um, If they don't sign Liam Hendricks, then maybe, um, you know, maybe Barriger does make the team. Maybe Coonrod makes the team. Maybe um, Garcia or Sean Anderson. All these guys are going to be kind of fighting for one spot so it'll be interesting to see um, yeah all right I'm gonna close because I've been going for like 55 minutes so uh, if you've stuck through thank you for sticking through uh, go ahead and subscribe leave us a review um, would love for you to be um, a weekly well if we're, if we're if we're consistent enough to be weekly I'm gonna try I, I had so much fun doing this that's why I went so long so love for you to get connected with us um, on a consistent basis uh, again this is the grab some pine meat podcast. Uh, It's a San Francisco Giants podcast by fans for fans. Um, And I just love talking about the Giants. So can't wait for spring training to come all around. Um, I will see you guys next time.